PM in Tech Online. JVA here, and welcome to bonus episode 16 of Diversity and Mentorship in Technology, where we continue the conversation about diversity, mentorship, careers, and business in technology with our guest. Each bonus episode is tied to a show episode, so don't forget to check that out first if you haven't already done so. Now, one more time, let's reintroduce our guest, Lisa, and get into a deeper discussion regarding the topic of the week. So Lisa, welcome back. Thank you. It's great to be back. <laughs> so yeah, we talked a little bit about in the, the first part of the show, just in general diversity terms and how it's a global issue, not just a, a domestic issue. But one of the things I mentioned was a show I am very fond of that is a UK-based show called Black Mirror. And one of the topics you mentioned about and really focus on in your work is how technology affects people, how they interact with technology. And, and if anyone, obviously the show is pretty popular on Netflix, it's a technology show and how effects can be in some ways good and effects can be some ways detrimental. What are your thoughts about the future of how we're engaging with technology specifically perhaps for AI, one of the topics that you're interested in in the future? It's such a huge piece of work um, that needs to continue to be done. And, you know, when we talk about AI, one of the big things that we're starting to emerge is that we need to be really specific about what kind of technology we're talking about, because it's very difficult to have a conversation about AI without talking about computer vision, without talking about cybersecurity, without talking about surveillance, without talking about bias. So there is a lot of, you know, even machine learning, for instance, is a big topic in that space. So um, first of all, when we're talking about AI, we need to be really clear about what direction, you know, we want to kind of move that conversation in. However, in general, like an area of interest for me uh, that's really interesting is, and it kind of touches upon all of those different things I was speaking about now or mentioned, is the bias that is implicit. And a lot of the data that is being used to train some of these um, these AIs and these, these different algorithms and machines. And we see this in, in so many areas and touching so many areas of, of life. You know, if we look at um, AI that's being used to decide whether somebody can go on parole or not, and how that is disproportionately affecting African-American men as opposed to white men, and how that piece of information start to give us clues into a bigger systemic problem that's actually happening around race relations, not just in the US, but we can see this all around the world. You know, if we just on a, we see, you know, this kind of thing coming up a lot of the time. One of the big things uh, that technologists love to be able to say, and, you know, uh, it kind of caught Mark Zuckerberg off guard and he had to come forward and apologize. So technologists really do believe in um, the objectivity of their devices and the the way that people use them, and this idea that well, you know, technology is um, objective by um, and neutral by default, and it's it's simply not true. And um, you know, do machines have ethics? Yes, of course they do, because the people who Absolutely. coded them and made them come from a certain background and experience, and those. Those values and ethics, ethical practices that they believe in are hardwired and hard-coded into the devices that they're building. And what makes us particularly scary is that perhaps more than any other time in, in history is that technology affects the lives of millions 
of people. And there is very little, particularly as you move from hardware to software, there's very little opportunity, there's very little um, holding anyone back from creating a new piece of software and having that impact on millions of lives because of the network society and this ubiquitous connection that we live in at the moment. So for me, like that uh, piece that I was mentioning earlier about ethics, the, the impact that technology has on lives and society is, is hugely um, important for me. And, you know, it's becoming a, a foundational part of what I do. Absolutely. And, and I've heard that many times, even myself as a developer, bias, you know, it's supposed to be neutral. And I said, well, who's programming it? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's exactly. That's a, a, a big part of it. And you're right. And a lot of times, you know, you say companies, when you're building software, who you're building it to, if you're trying to build something for a diversity demographic or a wider audience, shouldn't that be representative of the people making the software or making the technology, which many times it's not. And I think that's a, a problem unto itself. One thing that's interesting to me in terms of, you know, part of my background is in entertainment uh, and in terms of uh, media, I've seen the change a little bit. And I, I probably want to contribute this uh, somewhat to Netflix where you're seeing a lot more diverse shows. You're seeing a lot more diverse commercials. Network television is becoming more diverse. I think because mm-hmm. of the, you know, Netflix of the world where they're taking more risk and realizing that there are more audiences and that needs to represent itself accordingly in commercials and digital advertising, you know, the Alexa commercials that I see, everything's kind of globalized and more diverse. And that just doesn't mean, you know, let's put some from different people in there, but just really what the feelings and the psychological impact, I think that's where I'm getting to understand how that's affecting us, you know, in the future. And hopefully that continues in that vein. But I just wanted to see what your thoughts were as commercials become more diverse and as the data indicates how people feel about those you know, what impact have you seen from the data? So I guess what's really uh, interesting about a lot of the work that I do is, well, two parts, really. Uh, first of all, when we are using technology or when we engage with a technology, um, whether that is, you know, the, the content basically that's coming through the screen, our bodies don't necessarily understand the difference between an online and an offline connection. So that's one of the first things for us to keep in mind. So what I mean by that is every time you engage with content, there is your body changes on a micromolecular level. And this is one of the reasons why, you know, Instagram and Twitter and all the social networks are addictive by nature because when you get a retweet or you get um, you know, a like or come in, it's equivalent to getting a hug or a high five or a pat on the back. It feels good. So your body produces serotonin and dopamine levels, which keep you wanting to go back for more, which keeps you wanting to engage with these technologies because when you get a positive response, it feels really good. And, you know, that's your body letting off a hormonal reaction. You know, we see this a lot if you think about um, VR and the effects that happen on the human body when people experience and use VR. You know, people can get disorientated with, you know, sound effects if sound effects aren't, you know, programmed correctly. Um, you know, people can feel really motion sickness when if there's, you know, a particular lag or, you know, speed up in, in the programming. So our bodies are being impacted upon digital experiences. And this is really important 
for all of us to keep in mind as we create content and as we create devices is that we're not just trying to entertain and engage people. The impact of what we're doing is huge and the impact is actually felt on a very physical level and and a mental level. And I'm sure you've seen so many of the studies that have come out and recently one that came out last year where a group of scientists, a group of researchers discovered that Instagram is the worst social network for your mental health and that a lot of young people were actually suffering from um, mental health issues as a result of being overly addicted and overly connected um, on these different devices and on these different platforms. And I, re- I was reading a recently article and I, I started to uh, get into, my, some of my friends are heavily into Bitcoin. I, coming from finance, I, I kind of was more cautious in that nature. <laughs> but there was another series of articles and studies I, I saw a couple of weeks ago in, in um, beginning of January where they were talking about addicted to, you know, it's such a fluctuation that you're, you're constantly on your screen trying to monitor mm. the stock market. And, mm. and I think uh, if I relate to finance, you're, you're always on the trigger, always on the pulse and, and constantly getting feed. You can definitely have those changes. I can see it in, you know, body changes, psychological changes, and, and it could affect your, your long-term health. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It can, it can absolutely impact upon our, our long-term health. You know, it's, it's perhaps curious. I don't know if you could draw, you know, a direct line between the two, but it's curious that, you know, as we've been using more social networks and as we've been using our devices more, that mental health issues like depression and anxiety have been rising around the world. So it's, you know, two phenomena that are happening at the same time. And, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, come out right and say there's absolutely a connection between the two, but it's curious that that is the case. What I want to do is a little bit come into the skating panda arena because we haven't talked about that yeah. uh, in terms of the work you do there. Tell us a little bit about what that is and, and how does skating panda works in the uh, you know emerging technology sector. So Skating Panda is an agency based here in London, and they're a strategic comms agency who work with businesses to understand what their impact is, so what their positive impact is in the world and how, well, first of all, what is their impact on the world and is that a positive impact and how can they really change that should they wish to. So they've done a lot of work with, um, for instance, Stand Up to Cancer and Make Poverty History and, you know, other um corporate clients like Sky, um, which are based here in the UK. And um, I've been working with them uh, since last year, April, in the capacity of Director of Emerging Technology. And I came on um, specifically as a consultant and freelancer to work on a project. And now I'm actually working there, um, you know, spend a lot of my time um, at, at the office. And one of the things that, you know, we very quickly... Um, it came to an agreement on and, and very on, early on in our working relationship is that technology is having a huge impact on society. And all of these conversations that are happening around, you know, what does it mean to be a sustainable business, a flourishing business, you know, corporate social responsibility is a big, you know, big new sort of initiative amongst a lot of companies. And that the impact that technology has on society needs to actually be part of these bigger, what is your purpose? what does it mean to be a good corporate citizen conversation? And so that is the space that I'm now working with them in. So we've actually just this week, we've launched a brand new initiative. It's called the Technology Ethics Lab, Tech eLab here in London. And it's going to be a space where we can work with clients on understanding the impact 
that technology has on their audiences and their consumers and how we can make sure that that is positive in nature. That sounds interesting. And I was reading the the tech eLab, the launch initiative on LinkedIn. So yeah, that's definitely an interesting initiative. And I definitely can, you know, I'm excited about looking to see what comes of it. In terms of the something you mentioned previously, virtual reality and augmented reality, what are your thoughts about the future of that? And again, I you know, Black Mirror aside, mm. in terms of the positive impacts as it relates to the way people use technology and connect with each other, right? You talk about maybe uh, mm-hmm. Amazon or other technologies that people are using to connect outside of social, but connect with other mm-hmm. people, family members they haven't seen in a long time or something I look at like ancestry DNA, right? And you go online, try to find your connections, uh, yeah. using it for positive. What are your thoughts there? So one of the big pieces of work that I did in 2016 was um, a big research project with Adobe called The Future of Experiences. And this was to really help us understand um, what is the overlapping connections between brand audience and new technology and what kind of new experiences that brands can create with these new technologies. And something that we um, discovered very early on in the research was that is a it's an enormous question to try and answer in one research project. And so we had to we wanted to scale it back a little bit more, and we reframed the question to under, to think about what are the key dimensions that we need to consider that businesses need to consider when they are creating an experience using these different technologies. And there were five key things that really came up from that research and. The, the one was, um, it was empathy, privacy, reciprocity, adaptability, and empathy. Should I say empathy? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, um, yeah. So um, I'm guessing the last one right now, but I'll, um, I'm sure it'll come to me. And um, one of the things, um, you know, those five key uh, factors or five key dimensions are actually, they're not technological in nature. It's all about, you know, the impact that we have. So, for instance, like with reciprocity, we were thinking, you know, one of the, the key things around there is you have to consider the relationship that people have with your technology and you have to build it in such a way that people want to come back and use it over and over again. Oh, serendipity was another thing that we um, that we discovered. That was the fifth one. And so with serendipity, we discovered, you know, serendipity is the cornerstone to trust. And this idea of tailoring and over-personalization actually, actually leads people to have a net reduction in possibilities what they can do with this technology. And, um, you know, one of the ways that, you know, in terms of future development, Brands really need to consider these different dimensions. So, you know, what is the impact on privacy? What is the impact on empathy? You know, what is the impact on serendipity? You know, how are we adapting the technology further? How are we getting people to use the technology in a really um, mindful way, in a real considered way? So it's difficult to say what is the future of each one of these different things. I think there's so many applications that can be used, you know, if we think about how VR is being used in the medical industry is tremendous how that is being used and, you know, how they are able to, you know, really generate empathy from a different group of people by allowing them to step into the shoes of somebody else. And how, so if you want to be able to use these technologies for good and have a real impact, these are the five key sort of dimensions that we would recommend companies really considering and, and questioning their purpose around that. 
Absolutely. And I think it's not just only technology, but diversity as well. You said empathy specifically as it relates to you know putting yourself in others' path or shoes and just imagining what it could be like for them. On the other side, I think it could help expand. There was a commercial that I saw recently that was interesting. I don't remember exactly what the name of the company was, but where they were trying to hire the right candidate where it wasn't a traditional candidate, but it was the perfect candidate. And I think that's really interesting where you have not just data coming to uh, support it, but you have to have those five key elements to really, I, be, I think, be a great company at the end of the day. Mm, mm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm going to stop it there. And, and you know, once again, I want to thank you for coming on the show. And I think the, the value we've provided was tremendous for our listeners. And I think we had some really awesome insights. And thank you again for taking the time out to, to be on diversity and mentorship in technology. Thanks so much for having me, Jeremy. And yeah, I would love to stay in touch. Thank you. My pleasure.